When you drive the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power, you can stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see yourself behind the wheel of the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Kia received the fewest reported problems among all brands in the J.D. Power 2022 U.S. Vehicle Dependability Study based on 2019 models. See jdpower.com slash awards for 2022 details. Hello and welcome to Breaking News Radio, the podcast premier flagship and international podcast, Stay LRM Online. I'm your host, Brandon Jones. What? What you got that you thing? What the fuck was that? You were half Spanish and half Italian there. Yeah. You're like, internazionale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say what I want. Say what I want. It's right. me, yeah. Senor Luigi. <laughs> I'm, I'm the host until I die. Are you, you the real voice better. of Mario? Is that, Are you replacing I'm... Chris Pratt? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm really excited to have Charlie Kelly play Luigi. It's like perfect. Or Charlie, Charlie Day. Charlie Kelly. Kelly's the fixed Charlie Day. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, what? Sorry, Charlie <laughs> Kelly's the that? I mean, it's hard to remember sometimes, like Tracy Jordan and Tracy Morgan. What's the real last yeah, name? Which fair. one's the character's last? He's just Charlie on the show. Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt, same deal. Yeah. <laughs> Ethan Hunt, Ethan Hunt, Ethan Hawk. You know. Well, I saw this isn't really news. I I saw uh, it is news. I saw Fandango, Stephen Hawking, top ten movies of the year according to people like voting or them tracking it or something. And is Flash coming That's out important. this year? This year, like twenty twenty one. No, Flash is not. Oh, twenty twenty two. Unless it comes out in the next twenty four hours. No, I mean it's for next year. The ones people are most excited for. And Tom Cruise takes number nine and number ten with Top Gun Maverick and Mission Impossible Seven. Cool. But otherwise, it's exactly what you expect. Black Panther is actually number one, and Multiverse of Madness is actually bottom ten. I mean, the yeah, bottom five. Bottom five. Oh, like bottom out of the, out of the ten. So. Out of the ten. Right. The bottom half. Right. And bottom bitch movies. Butters bottom bitch movies. <laughs> anyway, we've got a bunch of news. Uh, in addition to the news, we will be talking about Boba Fett as well as uh, what are we talking about? Oh, Kingsman. So the Kingsman. The King. Strap is, in. The King- the king we're, is man we're going on a ride king is man i know i hate i am bad at apostrophe s like of all the things i have learned in school i don't give a fuck about the pythagorean theorem i can still do it it's not useful now you know what would be useful apostrophe s i struggle with it every day that's every. really that's like one of the easiest things you can that's know why in i the do language. the write-ups now <laughs> that's why nick does the write-ups now anyway so uh we had a conversation about the matrix a couple of weeks ago generally speaking i think we were all pretty disappointed uh, in thinking about it i i dislike the movie more and more and i like the sequels more and more which is strange because <laughs> while i think that they were disappointing they are not this level of parody bad anyway the prequels <laughs> the prequels, they're not that what? bad are you saying the prequels are not as bad as the matrix resurrections sequels no he meant the Reload. two sequels. oh sequels. sequels i thought you said prequels no. oh okay. that's a good direction to go in Let's um, make them all young make them all young this is the so i'm holding in my hands the real matrix 2 and it's free guy <laughs> it's, it's not no. but okay that's the second <laughs> matrix movie. there are no other matrix movies Shameless i don't think you know it. what the matrix is the ma- it's not the matrix because the there's a real world in their real world. The real world, real world is a computer simulation I have one better. that Who humans that humans inhabit involuntarily by the machines. That's Why not at matrix? all what happens. It's close enough. 
that it's makes more not. sense narratively than I, I agree. two, three, or four. <laughs> I, I like stopping this, but I'm just gonna watch you guys slug it out. Sorry, I'm done. One love. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so one of the questions I asked you guys a couple of weeks ago was whether or not you'd want to see more. Uh, the answer was a resounding no, which is good because Lana Wachowski said the same thing. So she was asked a couple of weeks ago whether or not this was going to be the start of a new trilogy. And just like the answer was no. And then she moved away and walked on, which I thought was kind of fascinating. Um, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean there won't be one more. The- well, <laughs> did she say that before or after the box office? Because I think Warner Brothers at this point is looking at it like, we'll wait 10 more years and then touch well, it. Was it. Before, it was before. And okay. so the point well, that you I think bring Warner up, Brothers agrees with her. <laughs> well, the point that you bring up kind of leads into another thing. So Resurrections producer James McTeague talked about the fact that Warner Brothers was going to make a Matrix movie with or without Lana Wachowski. And Lana Wachowski volunteered, according to James McTeague. Um, and so McTeague... She Katniss Everdeened. I mean, maybe. This is him talking, right? Unless I hear her say it, I don't know that it's true. Because <clears throat> I mean, it sounds movie, like... I would have been surprised if she hadn't, if that hadn't happened, because it's exactly what they had happened well, to Neo. As looking the at, yeah, looking at the movie, you. it doesn't really seem like... Of it. Anyway, we'll see. But there's more to the quote. So McTeague went on to say, look, I think when you've had a franchise with as much money potential making as The Matrix, there's always talk. It's the same way with Marvel Universe repeats and turns in on itself. You have Spider-Man, Iron Man, Thor, blah, blah, blah. There's always potential to update those movies just because of the possibility of making money and telling new stories. I shouldn't say it's purely fiscal, though. But yeah, look, there were versions out there, but they hadn't land on the right version yet. So when Lana eventually came back and said, look, I'm interested in making another Matrix movie, of course, they went with the filmmaker who was the genesis of the Matrix. Half. So that's the quote. Half the Just filmmaker. <laughs> she was half of an architect. Or if, if you were to say like one is the Oracle, one was the architect, then she was one or the other. Apparently they didn't need each other like Neo and Trinity to make a good movie. Or like the architect <laughs> and uh, the Oracle. To be to fair, some would argue that the architect wasn't in a good Matrix movie, so there's that. Yeah, I would. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of the funniest parts, though. Nine. Well, I mean, I just remember... Is it so weird bad. that... If you remember the Dude, MTV I just remember intro? Scary movie. <laughs> I was thinking Scary Movie parody, oh, where it's like... Yeah, where, what was it? That was really... Oh, it was uh, George Carlin. George Carlin was in the Scary Movie parody where it had him imitating the architect. He talks about Pootie Tang. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just like Pootie Tang. No, but just even like... better was the, before the MTV Awards, they like parody a movie, at least they used to. So they had Sean William Scott, and I can't remember who else living, you know, within scenes of the Matrix sequels, including like the orgy and stuff. And they go to see the architect mm-hmm. and it's Will Ferrell. And he's just like saying things like, I remember concordantly. That. Like he just, he's just repeating those types of phrases. For, yeah, I definitely like, remember vis-a-vis. That. Vis-a-vis. Um, I guess my thinking on it is actually it's what we talked about before. And I'll just say it a little bit more expansively. I think the version of the matrix that we got in this film was basically a therapy session that it should have been written, pushed in a drawer. And then we should have gotten the more commercially viable version of it. Um, 
I don't. Yeah, think... the one that that Michael B. Jordan could have started, the one that they yeah, were working on. I was trying to think. Wasn't there a reboot yeah. at one point? They were it discussing, was. and it was Michael B. Jordan. I mean, that's what yep. McTeague said, right? So McTeague says, "Hey, there were other versions out there. They were going to make a Matrix movie, and at this point, I kind of wish that they had." Um, yeah, and I I'm frustrated because up until this point i've been like i don't know if i want one from them because i haven't liked anything that they've done since they did the originals and yeah, except for you know speed are. racer that's the best movie ever uh, i said i haven't liked anything i was no 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 you no no you forgot was, about speed I racer su- i was super fucking you forgot about speed I racer knew, i knew like a goddamn meerkat you were gonna pop out of your fucking hole and say spirit speed racer <laughs> <laughs> now no, just, what director would you want to do it anyone think of a director they'd want to do uh i would almost say matthew vaughn it's a good question um chad stahelski obviously who's that and he would bring back the, the uh, he'd bring back good action scenes, which yeah, were I think completely that, missing from the that's, past movie. That's yeah, what that's really the, frustrates me about this. The is pitch that meeting we watched. It's just I didn't even who, notice it was just pushing power. <laughs> yeah. The guy who was able to do, you know, who's who basically came out of this franchise and is currently making a franchise that has everything that the Matrix did um and did well. It has lore, it's got gunplay, it's got uh hand-to-hand combat, it has all of that stuff. And so, you know, we just spent two minutes making fun of the architect. So clearly the philosophical side of it has been kind of lacking for a while. What about, what about Alfonso Cuaron? He'd bring cool filmmaking to it. It'd be weirder in a cool and different way, which I think is what kind of makes the matrix. I don't think you can get a, a director who's like just good at, executing something that's there they need to be able to bring their own ideas to it otherwise it doesn't really do much to it i would almost um, who's the guy that got who's the guy that got thrown off the ant-man i can't remember his name but i think he'd be cool uh, oh edgar wright i was gonna yeah, say edgar wright if he would do a franchise movie but he's only done his own stuff so far well this is a dream casting nick Fucking, oh no i'll put dude. martin scorsese not, in there i mean not nolan I won't. uh <laughs> i won't but that my point is it doesn't matter who. snyder on it <laughs> no it's a warner brothers no. film that movie would be so far up its own ass. But <laughs> even it yes, completely now. unlike the one that we got. Would good. Yeah. <laughs> it would be coming out of it would be coming out of its own mouth. That's how far up its ass it would be. No, you just imagine like that, that Bullworth poster. I don't know if you guys remember that. <laughs> yeah, like, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> even before Danny said it, I was thinking Edgar Wright. Yeah, so I would oh, like you? if you want well, a traditional. You know, about it, I mentioned him with every movie that who should direct it. I'm like Edgar Wright or Matthew Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn would be a good one. Um, yeah. but if you wanted like a traditional straight up Matrix movie, then Stahelski. No, no I don't. I don't think he would bring anything like. No offense to Vaughn, I think he's really good at like themes and emotion and action, but I don't think he's good at sort of high minded ideas. And I think Steven the Matrix, Wright. the first So one, what you're saying is you uh, want Ryan Johnson to do this. Absolutely. Ooh. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I'd yeah. I'd watch yeah, I'd watch that. that. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I mean, we... <laughs> we did it. We did it, people. We got Jammer excited. You <laughs> did get me excited. <laughs> Give him like a Matrix it. trilogy. It's never going to happen. I don't know, but I'm not sure I want to pull him away from, you know, that Star Wars movie that he's definitely probably not doing. Knives Out, man. All I care about are these Knives Out sequels at this point. Yeah, I know. All the Knives Out that's sequels. A great, that's, a, freaking, that's a franchise. Move over freaking Hercule Poirot and your Death on the Nile. Psh, nothing. You're nothing compared to Knives Out 2. Whatever that movie's going to be called. 
Knives out too. <laughs> knives out too. I hope two not. knives. Full Lots knives of blades. Out. Knives well, out too. The return of Daniel beaks. Craig. Knives out blade second two. Second one is is beaks bloody. Beaks bloody. And there's a bird beak yeah. involved in the death. That was the that was the second line of his line in the movie. He's like knives out beaks bloody. <laughs> They should call it the donut line. I mean, like, not call it the donut line, but like a hole inside of a donut, whatever his stupid line was. Wow. You know, How one of the best you. lines in the it movie where stupid. he's like, it's like oh. a donut hole inside of a. You know who I want to do a major what, what, what? what about Denny Villeneuve? I knew you were going to fucking say that. It would be boring. I don't want it. Yeah, no, it would wouldn't. Three hours long. Did you guys fucking watch Arrival? Did you watch Prisoners? Listen, listen. Let me no, tell you. I let me Arrival. tell you. The Book of Boba Fett episode one was a better version of Dune than yeah. the one that we got. It I saw you posted that. Fuck. <laughs> Give me them Tuscan Raider Fremen, <laughs> baby. To be fair, I'm not long. super married to his past two movies. Dune, I thought was really good. Blade Runner 2049 was boring as shit, but Arrival... Yeah was fucking i know let's go was, three that, movies that belongs, back to find the that movie belongs that belongs with the library of congress it, mm-hmm. it belongs in freaking criterion collection mm-hmm. it belongs in fucking all the artsy fartsy shit because it's so good so you're not wrong uh i really do enjoy arrivals uh, or arrival <laughs> so the arrivals it's true all right i'm gonna throw out one more and then i'm gonna be done the russo brothers no excitement for the russo brothers no, I cocked my head in a way where I'm like, hmm. I do. I, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think of filmmakers who would not just make a really good entertaining movie. I think they would. But I'm also trying to find somebody who would really expand on the feel and the high mindedness and the weirdness of The Matrix, the first one. And I don't see them doing that. But weirdness? Did you see Infinity War or Endgame? <laughs> Those weren't weird. They have a Hulk. They're fighting a purple alien. I mean, that's pretty they, weird. Were, they were handed, they were handed those cards. They just, you know, dealt them really well. That's not right. They were I mean, dealt they were, those cards. They literally they handed a franchise. Well. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the franchise is between Marvel. There's a difference between Marvel where, you know, you have, you're, you're a cog in a machine where kind of a story, obviously you can do what you want with the story, but you're handed a bunch of cards. Whereas the Matrix, you can essentially start from scratch and do whatever you want. Is Guillermo del Toro sufficiently weird? Ooh. Yes. I don't think he'd do it. But, <laughs> but I don't think but it's I don't, not about but I don't whether or not he would do it. God damn it. He's a good choice. He's a really good choice. I don't, I don't, here's the thing. I don't like, I don't think his filmmaking style is a good fit. And when I think of him, I think of slow and lumbering <sighs> filmmaking. Wait, too? That's not slow and lumbering. Oh, but that's also like, I forgot about that movie. I forgot. So I mean, sure. I mean, but here's the thing. Awesome so, stuff. I know you don't like Pacific Rim, but I think Pacific Rim oh, yeah. and Blade it. 2. No, no, no. It's not about whether or not you like the movie, but it's not slow and lumbering. It's the idea that he no, has it within right. him to you're make right. one, like two of well, uh, the Hellboy movies. Super fucking weird, right? So you want yeah, weirdness? Oh, I you got your about his franchise movies. You want your cool action? Stuff. You got you some Blade shit. You want weird? Look at um, Pan's Labyrinth. Water. Shape of Water, Pan's Labyrinth. Even so like Hellboy is weird. All of that stuff. So I know no, that he can I think do action. Right. I know that he can do weird. I know he can do semi-philosophical. I don't know. but I agree. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he'd be Have good. Have we done it? Have we won? Can we move on from this topic? Yeah. I think we've yes. won. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know who else won? 
motherfucking Spider-Man. So Spider-Man has beat Rogue One and Dark Knight at the domestic box office as of right now, as of what is today's date, December 30th, uh, with $536 million domestically. It is now Sony's highest grossing movie. And that's kind of a big deal. Says Amy Pascal. Thank you, Feige. Thank you, Kevin. No, I'm fairly certain that she thinks she did it. Um, So yeah, we've seen some really huge movies come out. And around this time, Christmas time, we've got a bunch of Star Wars movie, but apparently this is just going to blow them all out of the water. And it's interesting that we're moving on from The Matrix to talk about this because did we talk, do we know at the time that The Matrix was being beat by Sing 2? I, I think we all remember. saw it in our in ourselves. But, you know, okay. here's the thing. I don't want to talk, sh- oh, I said it. I said it. Um, <laughs> I, I love yes. Sing. Sing is I my, like Sing. is my, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy it's doing well. I haven't seen it. I'll watch it when it comes out, you know, on streaming or whatever, but I fucking love Sing. I see it being, you know, great mass appeal compared to The Matrix, which is R-rated, which is fucking weird and also not very good. That so movie could have been PG-13. Yeah, you really, it could have. There's nothing in there that was really, there, there was no it. orgies. There was very little gore. Um, Did they just say yeah. fuck one too many times in that one? Because yeah, there really isn't Probably. much to it. Yeah. As far as violence. I think I said fuck more times than they did. Like, what the fuck is Probably. this shit? What the fuck it? is this shit? Yeah. <laughs> I rewatched uh, Bond and that still has like the best fuck. Where what? It's just the one, Bond, the new Bond, No Time to Die. Explain as you would a child. <laughs> That has, has the best fuck in the that franchise. Has multiple meanings. Has the first fuck in the franchise, and well, you know what I mean. The word, not. I him don't know what people. you mean. That's what I'm asking. I bet they use fuck for the first time in No Time to Die. Remember we talked, discussed the scene where they're just Did standing we? outside, and M is just like, "For fuck's sake!" And that's all it is. It's like Bond doesn't say it in battle. I, don't know. I just rewatched it on Christmas because I got it, but I don't remember that. We talked about this. I don't. Remember yeah, we talked. It was the yeah. first fuck in the Bond franchise. The first use of the word, and this how casual it's used. Just. They're just discussing outside the hospital. They're not, I have not been in there to see Blowfield yet. And it's just like, for fuck's sake, in response, like the virus or something. I don't remember that. It's just a simple, anyway, sorry I brought it up, but we, I thought we discussed it. Hey, you really derailed us over a nothing burger of a freaking anyway. comment. <laughs> but anyways, continue. Lots of, lots of money for Spider-Man. And so as Spider-Man has come out, we, we're learning more and interesting things about uh, the movie and the production from it. So one of the things we learned is the fact that the director of Hawkeye, who had the cameo with the Kingpin in there. Eh, not cameo. Eh, is it a cameo? Is that a cameo? I don't know. Kingpin in it. Did not know. It was not a cameo. Not a cameo. Did not know that Charlie Cox Hawkeye? Daredevil was going to be in there. Yeah. What is it? Is it just a role? It's a role, right? It's just a role. Like he was, he was like, he was like there for probably a total of like 35 minutes of the show. So like, that's a solid amount. All right. Um, but yeah, he didn't know. And so he kind of likes the idea that they had this stuff siloed off and he got to be surprised along with everyone else, uh, which is kind of exciting, uh, I think, for us and them. Uh, another one of the things that we learned was, well, we got two things that we learned about post credit scenes. So the first that the writers were talking about a potential post credit scene starring Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Uh, we didn't get to see that, but that was something that they had discussed as well as the fact that the in the post credit scene that we did get, John Watts directed the Venom 2 post credit scene, which you know speaks to its quality. Do you guys have any thoughts, feelings, or commentary? Oh, I'm sorry. There's one more thing. Uh, the last thing that we learned was the fact that up until 
this film, Marvel had no plans for Doc Ock and the Green Goblin in this version universe. And one of the reasons Kevin Feige said that was because, you know, in his opinion, Alpha Molina's Doc Ock was the best version. And so it would have been really hard for someone to step into that. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that take, um, but from his perspective, I, I can see why they would say that. I think he's one of the I think even castings. what's her name? One what's her name was really good at Into the Spider Verse. Ah, yeah. Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn. She was yeah. good. That already proved that it could be done better. Maybe so that's another like, reason not well, to use Doc Ock. <laughs> Just because so, but here's, the, here's the thing. If if you do Catherine Hahn, I'm gonna be like, Where's Miles? Did you do that on purpose? Where's Miles? Did you do where's where's well here's the thing uh, intentionally just then? Did I? No. <laughs> no <you didn't. laughs> um, if you do Catherine Hahn, I'm gonna say where's Miles? And I'll just kind of be in that that like stop teasing me. Give me Miles. You'll get him. You'll get him in the third in the third trilogy, in the third film of the next trilogy. It's too long. You'll get him. Too long. That's like four years. You can wait. No, but so wait, the reason like why I say it's too long is like because years. in Homecoming, uh, Donald Gulliver was like, my cousin Miles, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay. nephew. He said nephew. Yeah. He said the nephew, nephew could be, yeah, it's his yeah nephew. The, nephew, the nephew could be one. Yeah, but I'm assuming he didn't get blipped. And he talks sure. to him on why? the phone. Why, the why are you here's, here's my point. It doesn't matter his age. The reason wait, wait, why wait, I say it. Hold on. Before, before we get into that, Nick, explain yourself. Why doesn't it matter? How, can we, how do we know that Mike Miles Morales didn't get blipped? Well, no, it would be cool if you didn't, because I would allow him to grow up or be closer to. Oh, because we all know how young he's not a one in the deleted scene. He's talking on the phone with Miles and he's like, because he, he's like, I'm not going to have that ice cream or whatever, because Spider-Man webbed his hand. He's like, dude, I got ice cream in here. OK, he was four. And yeah. then maybe okay. he was. Maybe if he doesn't he get but that's irrelevant, because my point is, but he could. Get I'm, I'm tired of being teased with Miles Morales. Fucking give me Miles Morales. You've teased him multiple times over the last six years. I'm just, just give me the fucking. You already got him in the best Spider-Man movie so far. I did, but he's not in the MCU. That's the one that matters. You'll get there. You'll get there. You'll get there soon. I know. Separate, but equal. I get it, Chandler. I see how it is. I see how it is. Can we, can we just remember that he's not just black. He's also separately, but equally Latino. So there's that. So, sure. You know. So I don't understand why you fight me on this. I'm up, but I want to see him. That, that's not what it sounds like. You'll, it's going to happen. You'll get it eventually. You'll get it'll it eventually. Happen. We'll get just him wait. in the first. Be patient. The fourth All movie. I, deliberate mean, the first speed. I don't want the fucking fourth movie. I want it right now. Right now. He just anyway. said, he no, just said the, the next, next movie, movie is the fourth movie. That's what I'm talking about. Oh. So maybe when he doesn't have, Peter Parker doesn't know anybody. He's just upset then, it hasn't happened already. He just wants it now. He wants it to exist outside of the movie. I don't think that I would care as much had they not teased it multiple times at this point. Yeah, what if, what if the next one is called Sony decision? It's called Spider Man Miles from Home. I know, I've I'll seen that joke. Miles is that a joke? I, I thought I was being funny. I mean, I've seen someone else has written that. I'm like, clever, but hopefully they're not using <sighs> home in the title anymore. <laughs> we'll see. Why but Why? any other thoughts, feelings about any of that Spider Man news? I found no. it really interesting that John Watts That's awesome. directed the Tom Hardy. Tom I don't know. That's. I know that happens all the time in the MCU where the director of the next movie will, or like any movie will do the post-credit scene, especially like, you know, Taika Waititi did the Thor uh, scene, even though it's partially a clip from the movie. Um, but it, it's interesting because, I mean, even when that scene happens, you're like, oh, Sony did this. Maybe they didn't even get permission from Marvel. So it's interesting to see that was the plan all along. And that to a point where I would almost assume Andy Serkis would have directed both those post-credit sequences just because 
he was already working with Tom Hardy. It's interesting that John Watts showed up for Venom and then did him again in uh, No Way Home. Okay. John Watts showed up for Venom. What does that mean? No, John Watts directed the post-credit scene for both of them. In and Venom even 2? Venom 2, yeah. And, I'm, and I would okay. say I would have been less okay. surprised Nick, if Circus did hold it on, for both Nick, of them. Pause. Hold, hold off. Hold off. You're going to need to start from square run and explain, because I feel like you're filling information in your head square and you're not run. letting us in on it. So you're saying that John Watts directed the post-credit scene in Venom 2. Yes, which was already said by Jonesy as part of this did new he? story. Yeah. No, you didn't? didn't say that. Oh. No, you filled it in your head. Anyway, oh, so. That was a <laughs> so new story saying, this week too. Okay. So John Watts also did the post-credit scene yes. for Venom, or excuse me, for Spider-Man with Venom. Yes, and he did the post credit scene on Venom, Venom too. too. Yeah, I just, I, yeah. we've been, we've been through that part of the conversation. Um, yeah, I get that. That's all. So now that we know the news, what was your opinion about it regarding the news? Now that that's been established, I gave my opinion before the news. Can't they like play it reverse? Yep, you scoop. That's <laughs> just interesting. I didn't expect that. That Marvel, a, okay. so, a Marvel Sony director, like. Marvel Studios did a film that wasn't technically Marvel Studios yet, or MCU. Got yet. it. I would have assumed they shot that stuff with Circus during when they shot Venom too. Like he would have shot both those scenes. I mean, I guess it would have made sense though, since he did do the, the scenes with the the post credit scene that he probably did them at the same time as each yeah. other. Same location. So, I guess just a beach. Yeah, logistically. Uh, yeah. Logistically, it makes sense. Yeah. For continuity. I I would be more surprised if we found out that. It happened at two different days, months and months apart. No. Like, I would be surprised if that was the case, but you never know. Who knows? Glad we were able to wade through that news, through that through that little, not even the news story, just sort of the clarification of what the hell you were trying to say. I was I the only one confused by that? I just want to make sure it wasn't just me. Was that just me? I, I think my brain just kind of, no. I wasn't confused because I knew what the story was. I just... Danny? I was not confused. All right. Well, that's just me then. It's just a me problem. <laughs> just you, Gemma. You guys ready to move on from Spider-Man news? Well, there was oh, also... no, no. I, I wanted to comment on it. I, it was... Uh... <laughs> yeah, because... I thought it was funny. Like the comment was just like, "You have any more, you know, thoughts about the Spider-Man making a billion dollars?" Yeah, I'm surprised about John Watts directing a scene. It's like, wait, that wasn't the news. That wasn't the news story, Nick. Um, but yeah, the billion dollars—that's fucking crazy, especially during COVID. Um, especially when the Omicron variant is doing things. That I went means to that the pandemic's AMC. over, baby. I went to AMC theaters yesterday. It was the worst experience of my life. Uh, there was this fucking lady who refused to wear a mask, and she had a fucking family of five. Like, I was like, you need to wear a mask. She's like, okay. And then she just walked right past him. I was like, what the fuck was that? And then place was freaking cleaned out. There were no snacks. Then I went into my theater, which was empty. Popcorn all <clears throat> over all of the seats. It was just, it was a nightmare. I feel bad for the people working there because clearly they're understaffed, but like animals, man, animals. <laughs> and, uh, but my point is the theaters were, were also, theaters were crowded. And uh, because they were all seeing Spider-Man No Way Home, people are still going to see that movie. Lots and lots and lots of people. It was the most crowded. I was expecting to go to a mostly empty theater. That was not the case. Uh, and I haven't seen that since, fuck, don't you, it's been a while. <laughs> um, so I don't, I think that this movie made at least $100 million in its second weekend. So much like the Omicron variant, we don't know when it's going to plateau. And uh, it's just going to keep on making money. <laughs> I, I think 
to your point, it's surprising that so many people are rushing to the theaters to see it. Um, I don't know if you guys remember this. We had a conversation a long time ago about what would it be like to be that movie or that studio that just elevated those numbers of the pandemic. But I, I think we're so, so many people are so post pandemic that no one will care that it's Disney. Yeah. And, and also like, here's the thing also, ah, here it comes. So here's the thing. What really, uh, what really this drives home and that film fans need to stop bitching about is be like, how come we don't get any original movies? Look at this past year and then Spider-Man. Look at all these other movies that are coming out and then the Spider-Man numbers compared to it. Or it's just like it's easy. It's easy money. That's that's how, that's where the money comes from. So stop going to see those movies and start seeing other weird movies if you want those movies. Otherwise, shut up. Vote with your dollars. Yep. Yeah, I'm I mean, not complaining. A lot of people, I like Spider-Man. So. A lot of people are also complaining that, like, you know, like the matrix oh you didn't see it just because they didn't give you what you people hate it because it didn't give you what you want and i was like no i mean in a franchise should... i feel like that's kind of the point yeah but i mean like yeah i mean she got to make her movie and that's fine but I look at the difference that. between not giving the fans what they want and giving them exactly what they want not that we should every time you get the highest audience review still on rotten tomatoes and you make a fucking more than a billion dollars so I don't want to necessarily I like the idea of giving people what they want, even if they didn't know what they wanted. I don't like the idea of fucking being like, oh, no, you shouldn't cater 100% because obviously because I was right. Spider-Man no way home. <laughs> what has to happen is this needs to happen because story wise, if it doesn't happen, I'll be upset. And I'm going to say, no, this movie. I don't know if I, I think that. that's true. I, I think there are when you go see a sequel in a movie, there are certain expectations and what you're saying is like, it's all right to deviate from those expectations a little bit. I agree with that. I think my thing is not only did you deviate from those and not give me anything good, you didn't give me what I wanted either, right? It's gotta be one or the other. Right. And uh, right. Star Wars, devi- I mean, Spider-Man deviates. I mean, when you, when you see the trailers, you don't expect half the movie to be about them acting good and trying to get fixed by Spider-Man and Doctor Strange being the villain for a little bit of the film. Like that's, you know, you can suspect I mean, I, I think... a five villain fight with Spider-Man going in and then you're given what you really wanted. People went to see it for the rumor of the Spider-Man and because they love, Will, they would love the Green Goblin and Doc Ock and they're amazing Spider-Man fans that do exist somehow. Um, but and then like it subverts it in a way where it's like, oh, it's not just a big old battle of Spider-Man versus the villains he's like i want to help the villains i want to try to fix them and then it backfires like i've never would have expected say that plot point i don't think it's quite it's... that one-to-one okay well i was just gonna say even without the plot that you described nick there is a let's see there are flavors of what happens in the matrix that were completely absent from the matrix Everything was worse than everything that we've seen. Even the disappointing sequels had everything that we've seen from the first Matrix movie in terms of the gunplay, the fight scenes, the music, the fashion. Um, All of those things were present in Matrix 2 and 3 and were completely absent from 4. And then we also didn't get anything else. Even if the plot was slightly different in Spider-Man, even from the trailers, we to some extent, knew mm-hmm. what we were getting. I don't think Homecoming, Far From Home, and No Way Home are that different in terms of what happens to Spider-Man to some extent 
the scale of No Way Home just blows the other two out of the water. But I think in terms of what audiences expected um, based on like those, those criteria that I gave were all present in all three movies. I know, I just, you, they gave us enough of what we wanted that we overlooked plot holes and fans weren't upset. They're like, wait, why isn't he fighting these guys? Like what, what? Like Electro wants to be healed? You know, that, that's not the plot anyone expected, but everyone loved what they were given so much. I don't see people bitching like Spider-Man would never do that. Or like, so everyone's so happy. You don't really have any kind of last Jedi divide, even if the character acts differently oh, than you would God. expect. Why did you do that? I'm not taking the bait. I'm not taking, no, no, I'm not just, taking the bait. It's just the example. It's just the example. The We're not talking Why about it any it further. Never, never bring that up ever again, unless you're ready to discuss it. Just saying. <laughs> Gotta control yourself, Jammer. Just don't be triggered no. by three words or two words. Anyway, any other thoughts on on that stuff? Jammer, have you even actually given your opinion yet? About what? <laughs> so lots of money. Anything else? Uh, good for it. That's okay. exciting. It, it, is a diff- it is an interesting sort of crossroads between doing stuff that is both good, but also happens to fall in line with what fans want. That's ideal if you're able to do that but I don't necessarily think needs to be a dictation of how all studios need to do stuff in the future in terms of their storytelling. Cause I don't want all movies to be sort of dictated by like, Oh, fans want this. So let's give them that. Which it's is like, funny I, though. I, yeah. I don't know that that's so much a fan thing as it is a studio thing where the studios are like, like to your point, look at how much money they made. I want that. <clears throat> okay. No. So I don't, you have to, you have to, I don't understand what you mean. The studios will see how much Spider-Man made and in trying to imitate that, they will think that that is the thing that people liked. And to some extent they're right, but they will, they will get that fucking, that mix wrong. They will get that formula wrong. Yeah. The the fan service, the fan service stuff was good because it was held up by mostly solid storytelling. Yeah. And you can't forget that aspect of it. That's like the most important aspect. I think. Yeah, that's but, why I think it's so You know, but then the again, the out. last Jedi proved otherwise. You know, Fuck. that some Danny, fans don't care about good storytelling. Do you they have just an care about any of getting the their fucking fan about theories coming to, to fruition. Can you mute Jammer? I'm just going to power through. Like a green goblin. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to sit here and listen to you guys go over. I've got a, a few theories and, and things about the, the money being made and stuff. Uh, did someone mention it was a billion dollars? Because I thought, uh, Jonesy, yep. you said five and a half. Five so that is domestic. Five, what, five and a half, 500 something? Yeah, yeah that's domestic. domestic. International. But it is made internationally. It's made over a billion. Yeah, because I think I'm not that surprised by that because the rest of the world or majority of the world has been much more open than the US has been, certainly as far as being out That's not true. Yeah, it is. Now the world's been fucked. The US has been open for fucking ever. They've they, they but you fucking know, licking my, sidewalks. You guys and have not been going and... to the cinema. You guys have not been going to the movies, but people around the world have been going to the movies. The big numbers. Uh, I, I think so, James yeah. Bond was a signpost for it. When was that going? You tell me. Show me the numbers for the US compared no, to. No, you're right. You're right. The numbers reflect that. I'm just <laughs> I'm just bitter about people walking around without masks on, rolling around in the dirt and licking my doorknob and running away giddy and trying to get me COVID. That's all I'm it's thinking. About. On no don't talk about your dog that way. 
<laughs> Did you see where I was all over there? <laughs> yeah, I was looking at that. I was over there. <laughs> He's asleep on my bed. So, Danny, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You were saying billion dollars. Yeah, so I'm not surprised by the big numbers. I, I think James Bond opened the doors for us because a lot of people were, were happy to go to see the big screen again. And I think that showed that things were a little bit better. So when Spider-Man came out, a lot more people were happy to go and see it. Plus, it was all those great things that you guys have just been discussing. So I don't think it's Disney as such that has made the the everyone wants to go back to the movies. I think it's been a slow burn. And those films that haven't been should we say these, the, the films that show the stuff that people want, like the Disney Marvel films. I think those other films did pave the way, but they weren't as popular money-wise because they were kind of like a more niche market. Not everybody wants to watch James Bond. Certainly not everybody wants to watch What are you talking you. about? Everybody on this podcast loved Eternals. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is true, but that was, it's all been like a, a, a gradient leaning up to this big, big movie that this one is. I was hoping that this was going to pave the way. This this new variant of the thing that we cannot talk about, otherwise the podcast will be shut down, um, might affect things. But we're on the way up now. We've got those big films next year that um, Nick mentioned earlier, the top 10. And I think all of those have got a chance to be in 500 million plus um, oh, next I think, year. I think you're optimistic given Omicron's happening and who knows what that's well, going to bring. I mean, yeah, that's saying, not happening right now, and, and Spider Man yeah, just throwing billion dollars in your face. But it is, but it is Spider Man. It's it's the biggest Marvel character in sort of one of the biggest culminations since Endgame, and it's <laughs> I think it's it's the exception. I think I don't think this is going to be the new normal. I think this is going to be the exception for at least this next six months. Well, I mean, Batman's going to be. I bet Batman can make a billion dollars, not as fast. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think uh, it depends on the multiverse of that's madness. Be, what, PG 15 or restricted? I, I think that's yeah, it'll be, be 13 here. So, There's no way they're I doing an R Batman. They tried that. It'll be a 15. Like, though, right? We do 13. So PG 13. Yeah. PG 13. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We have 13. Yeah, we, we don't give a shit what the 13 year olds do. You're a teenager now. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. You're a man now. But I do think that will be 750 plus. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a safe bet, I, and I'll I will say that depending on quality, mm-hmm. and also what depending mean, on first week with the word of mouth, other other variants as well. How those things that? pan out? What kind of variants? COVID variants, of course. That's what I'm talking about. I do think variant well, should be the well, word of the year. Variants. Doesn't Webster pick a word of the year because it both applies to Loki and uh, <laughs> uh, COVID? <Good> I'm <laughs> like I use. When I hear that the word variant, I still think Loki before I think COVID. Wait, it's a COVID story was, on NPR. Was Karen of the word 2020s word of the year? Maybe. If it wasn't name. What if they call the next variant Loki? After <laughs> the Loki variant. Loki. Do it for the fans. I don't know what the CDC well, is. He's got a mischief and he's certainly pissing people off. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> we'll see. Guys, ready to move on? Yeah, what's, what's next? next John? 2020 some, 2021 some... already has a word of the year. It's vaccine. Vaccine. What's 2021? Did it have are there any front runners? So that's what I'm saying. 2021 is vaccine. Yeah, I know oh, they vaccine. It. I oh, that's lame. That's lame. I agree right. with uh, Nick. It definitely should be variant. Anyway, um moving on. We've got some uh non-Marvel, non-DC news, but it relates to superheroes anyway. Dwayne the Rock Johnson responded to Vin Segway. Diesel's chiding. Uh, with regard to his return to the the Fast and Furious franchise. So 
when he was doing an interview with CN, C, God, CN, CNN, Dwayne Johnson said, I told Diesel directly that I would not be returning to the franchise. I was firm yet cordial with my words and said that I would always be supportive of the cast and always root for the franchise to be successful, but there was no chance that I would return. Went on to say, Ven's recent public post was an example of his manipulation. I didn't like that he brought up his children in the mo- in the post, as well as Paul Walker's death. Leave them out of it. We had spoken months ago and this about this and came to a clear understanding. All I have to say is me and The Rock see eye to eye. Yeah, that's exactly like what five we said. Feet taller than me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, about to say, make the same joke. Were you? Great match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to throw it to you guys first. Go ahead. Let me hear things. I, mean, it's I don't exactly think anyone on this podcast discussed. disagrees. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. we said, that was how it felt when it happened. Yeah. It just felt so icky. And the surprise took like the rock that, that long to come back and be like, Hey, well, don't I'm just happy he said it. Yeah. Me too. Had, well, he didn't, he didn't come back. It's just, he was out there promoting his existence. And, and they probably you know, asked him about, well, go faster. Him, yeah. How's your buddy? Exactly. Vin? <laughs> hey, look, exactly. we ain't buddies. Or family, yeah. Um, and I I think that just speaks to the difference between the two of them, right? So there was not a need on The Rock's part to come out there and say "fuck you." Yeah. How could you do that? And he just he waited until the opportunity was there to voice his opinion about it. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with him hundred percent. All of what Vin Diesel mm-hmm. said in that initial post sounded very icky to me. I did not care for it. So, yeah, yeah, good on you, Rock. We agree. Good on you, Rock. Good on you, Rock. Yeah, Rock. Yeah. <laughs> guys ready to move on? Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk some of the uh, top 10 most pirated shows of 2021. So there's a report by Torrent Freak Foundation. They're one of the folks that, that talk about uh, this. And so they have a list of the top 10 shows that were pirated in 2021. And so I was going to like do a countdown and slap it that would sound terrible to somebody um so at number 10 we've got amazon's wheel of time number nine netflix's arcane at eight cartoon network rick and morty number seven apple tv plus's foundation number six disney plus's what if number five disney plus's hawkeye number four falcon and winter soldier from disney plus number three the witcher from netflix Number two, Loki from Disney Plus, and number one, WandaVision from Disney Plus. And Disney is like complaining out here. Complaining, people still complaining that like people aren't putting original movies. This fucking pirate list proves people don't give a shit about original properties. I'm sorry. I don't know if Even I think it's that, so. When you say original property, Arcane, right? That's one. That's not an original property though. It's based off a video game that it's based lots, on a video lots of people game. play. I mean, but even that's if that's like, the case, that's one. That's one of ten. It's the most original sure. of all of them. I mean, but here's the thing: if I'm stealing um, Hawkeye, I have to know what's going on in Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki and WandaVision's package deal, baby. It makes more I'm, sense. I'm not. I, I agree with you. I'm with you. I'm. I'm in favor of these big blockbuster things. I like them. I'm talking to those people who hate them. Rick and Morty's original. Them. So eight and nine. Mm. So Rick and Morty's not original. Point. No, it's not. That's a long-running show. That's not an original thing. It's a long-running show. It was show. original. Yeah, now that's like saying that's like saying quantity. that's a stupid. No, no, that's dumb. It's like saying what? oh, Friends is in its eighth season. That's an original thing. It's like no, it's fucking Friends. It's been around for eight seasons. Completely it's different. Its, own it's an original property, though. Yeah, it's its own franchise. It's 
No, but I'm agreeing with Jammer when I say that. But this late Marvel's Rick and Morty. Marvel's its own property. Yeah. Fucking, it's, that doesn't mean anything. It's also part of the pop culture as I guys. If it was the first way. season, I would agree. But it's like hmm. four or five seasons deep and pop culture deep. It's not an original property anymore. So Foundation, no. I don't even know. That's based on, based on what that book. is. Yeah. It's based on Asimov. Wheel of Time's book, right? Yes. So you're saying that if it's based on anything, it doesn't count. If it has an existing fan base, it doesn't count. Okay. Interesting. Well, the question is, Disney Plus is one of the cheapest streaming services. Are these people who are like, I hate giant corporations, I'm sticking it to Disney? Or they just yeah, really don't probably. want to pay like $5 a month for another streaming service? They can, probably mix they can pay for Fiverr, but they don't want to pay for Disney Plus. That's how it works. Do you think if this was a year with The Mandalorian, Mandalorian would be on that list as far as Star Wars? We probably. didn't have a Star Wars show probably. this year except for Visions. We'll probably see Book of Boba Fett rise to that list. Yeah, next year's list, yeah. But actually, so I'm about to kind of eat my words because speaking on the same subject, movies, the top torrented movies for this past week, okay? Um, The week ending December 27th, number one, Matrix. Number two, Spider-Man. Number three, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, (laughs) which I didn't even realize was out. Number four, Venom 2. Number five, Don't Look Up. Number six, No Time to Die. Number seven, Encanto. Number eight, Dune. Number nine, The Last Duel is on the list. Oh, really? Scott's that's getting original, some love. Right? I think that's original, right? If I'm not mistaken, that's not based on anything. I thought it was based on a true story, which makes it original. <laughs> yeah, I think it's original. I don't think, I don't know if this story has an existing fan base. <laughs> I don't know. No, I know it doesn't. But apparently it I'm does a not. big fan. A big fan of Ben Affleck's you. look in that movie. There you go. <laughs> That's one of the reasons why I'm not sure about watching it. Like, I don't know if I could watch this and take those guys seriously as not, you know, in a modern movie. It's hard for me. But anyways, an original slipped in. What was number 10, Gemma? Uh, Shang-Chi. Oh, okay. Some of those surprised me just because, well, up, Don't Look Up surprises me because Netflix is the one that everyone does seem to have, you yeah. know. Not anymore. Not anymore. <sighs> There's a change in the dynamic. Yeah, the winds have changed. Good movie, by the way. I watched Don't Look Up. At uh, what's it called? Uh, the market share of streaming services. I'm wondering what this year looks like compared yeah. to like three years ago. Yeah, and this would be the time to find out, right? With between 2020 and 2021, with so many people be at home, being at home, mm. at work, and all of that stuff, and having this as like their primary source of entertainment, not going to the movie theater. Um, people are definitely voting with their dollars. So it would be interesting to so see really what quick, they're spending there. Let's see. It. Let's see so it. Uh, according to TV technology, and this is in the US only, so this is skewed obviously to North America. 27% is Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. 21% is Amazon Prime. 14% is Disney Plus. It is kind of cheating. I agree people get it for other reasons and never watch the shows. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like there are people uh, until like the last 24 months didn't know that it included videos. Yeah. Hulu, Hulu is 13%. HBO Max is 10%. Apple TV Plus 4%. Showtime 2%. Other services 9%. That's right. Paramount Plus. Get fucked. I love um, Paramount Plus. <laughs> so Paramount Plus and Peacock are that 9%. Do you, like, do you like Paramount Plus or do you just like Star Trek? Oh, I watch like a lot Trek. of other shows on there. But yeah, Star Trek's by far the oh, best thing they okay. have. Yeah. I've watched a lot what of comedies that went straight there like uh i don't know 
I've watched a few shows. I really want to watch Mayor of Easton or whatever it's called, the Jeremy Renner, like mob show. I'm kind of surprised and I'm gonna, that. Sorry. Go oh well, I, I'm gonna go ahead and. Uh, nope, this is the wrong graph. Sorry, right. I pulled it's music subscription. So why are you looking for me. the right graph? I'm kind of surprised that it's only 27% for Netflix because there is a synergy between Disney Plus and the MCU and Netflix that we didn't talk about in the show. And it was the fact that between Charlie Cox appearing in this last Spider-Man movie and the Kingpin being in Hawkeye, it pushed Daredevil to the top 10 on Netflix. Symbiotic relationship. That's right. Not the bad kind. No. Synergy, um, so not the protector kind. Not the lethal protector kind. So Amazon, uh, Netflix. Okay, so it looks like getting some con- contradictory information here, but I think it's because <laughs> uh, this is a different time. Blah, blah blah. Okay, so last year it was at twenty nine percent, so it went down a bit. Um, Net- Netflix's market share. What ate its market share? Can you tell? Probably what? Disney Plus based on that time. Oh, I don't know if I could tell. I don't know if they know where they went, but they just know what they are. Well, what you should be able to see is what existed last year. I'm getting some shitty information here. So it's like, and I'm also getting from two separate sources where I'm going to articles from like 2018 and then articles from 2021. So it's like, I can't really look at them directly unless I were to have done this in advance and be prepared, which I wasn't. So let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, So the book of Boba Fett came out. This week, we got episode one. It was a felt, what, 40, 45 minutes? I didn't get the um, time, and it actually went by pretty quick. I was shocked. Yeah, because I don't think it was particularly long. But yeah, you're right. It, um, it did covered a lot of ground, quickly. too. Do you want to do this? Go ahead, Nick. Let's hear Sorry, it. sorry. No, no, to my no. comments early. Nope. <laughs> Go, Nick. Are there ratings or anything out for it that you have to give us? Go ahead, Nick. No. So what did you guys think about the book of Bubba Fett? Boba? Bubba? I've always called Boba. him Bubba. It's not, it's, it's not Bubba. It's Boba. Hey, Bubba. Boba. Hey, Bubba. Bubba. Hey, Bubba. I don't know. You leave this. I didn't, I didn't watch the book of Boba Not Fett. you. So there's my contribution to the okay. conversation. Actually, you know what? I just, I think it could have been better. Fuck yeah. You could say that about anything. I think even <laughs> Spider-Man no, no Way Home could have been better. But he'd be just... right this time. So the book of Boba Fett dropped this week on Disney Plus. It is the spinoff to The Mandalorian. Uh, it is not a replacement for Mandalorian season three, but it kind of sits where it would. Right now, this show with only one episode has an average Rotten Tomato score of 75% from the audience and an 83% from the critics, which I find to be interesting. Uh, so the critics were, were in this thing's corner. It's not a huge difference but it's big enough eight percent um danny you i i think that i was not looking forward to this as much as anybody else and so danny let's start with you how did what'd you think what'd you feel how'd it go yeah my my initial reactions was one of um of slight disappointment if i'm mm-hmm. if i'm completely honest i am more of a star wars person so this one i certainly had a lot more enthusiasm running up to it and and when i sat down to watch it i i loved the opening we're obviously going to talk a little bit more detail about the episode i loved the opening and then as the show went on i found bits that i was thinking this is fucking good and then i was thinking this is fucking shit 
and I had ebbs and flows throughout the episode for me. So by the end of it, I was left feeling very middle of the road, happily watch episode two, but I'm not super excited. But it had its ups and downs, and I was a bit disappointed that it had downs, if I'm completely honest. I mean, we'll what get into detail. Give me a couple. Um, I just, I just felt, I felt there was a lot of the, the, the little bits of story that they were trying to show felt like good ideas, not very well followed up just yet. They so felt the a little bit rushed. No, I actually enjoyed the flashbacks more than the, should we say, the present day, the okay. up to date stuff. I enjoyed the flashbacks more, but for me, it felt sometimes there was some. Um, Okay, the production value, it felt sometimes a little bit cheap, but then there were certain shots and effect shots that I felt were really, really good. So the whole thing just had that up and down feel to it. There were the, I think the, the bits that I was more disappointed with during the, should we say, the present day parts were just how quickly he, he, he was in his palace and having this, the, these meetings with these guys offering tribute, and then he went out as this big boss man, that he was the hut. And I didn't feel that that, that was warranted or earned or anything. I, we've kind of thrown straight into that. And I didn't feel at any point that he was, anybody could have fucking taken him out, is my point. He could have, we had these ninja guys jump in, but he didn't feel like Our he was untouchable. It, it felt like that whole place, Moss Eisley and, or even the whole of Tatooine could have quite easily gone into chaos when Jabba was destroyed. And, and yet it didn't seem to have been. It seemed to have been running absolutely fine. And then this guy with Mandalorian armor comes in and says, I'm the new hut. And I'm that like, one guy was running. So you're missing, you're missing the, there was a Bib Fortuna. So his major domo took over. So the, the connect. Oh, the I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So when, after he died, Bib he Fortuna took <laughs> over. And I, yeah, we saw him in what? Was it At this? At the end of Metawanga. Yeah. At the last so scene where they introduced him. <laughs> he was in charge. And then now we have somebody else taking over. So there was, you know, it functioned almost exactly the same way because there was somebody who worked for Jabba oh, okay. working well, that then, same uh, thing. And he okay, mentioned well, it in this episode. Sense, yeah, because they also yeah. mentioned that the pigs are loyal, not right. necessarily to Jabba, but that guy. Right. And they probably so that's were loyal what that was about. Jabba also. Yeah. The pigs. Um, the well, yeah, I got that bit, but I didn't, I guess I didn't know deep enough that Bid Fortuna had actually taken over all the, yeah. the running. I knew that the Gamorrean guards had, but that's another thing. How, how, where the fuck were they when the fight started? Because they took a good three or four minutes to join in. <laughs> they were hanging out. Forgot that uh, they, they were off they existed. And it was like the well, on your you left. You know what's kind of funny? To your point, Danny, what it reminded me of was The Godfather. Um, so The Godfather's mm. walking down. And I think the thing that was kind of missing from that scene, while we got the tribute scene in the actual uh, place, in the Godfather, when he's walking down the street, people are like, "Hey, here's some fruit. Here's this," and right. then they're like offering him stuff. So you get it more from the people versus yeah. just like this one establishment. And even in that scene, somebody walks up to him and tries to assassinate him. And so yeah. I I agree with you only to the extent that someone easily could have taken them out because you know I think that's kind of the point, and that's what happens in the Godfather. What I found was missing from that part was getting the community involved and okay, understanding yeah. and respect like we no one see seemed to care his, when he walks by yeah we get it in the palace yeah. and we get it in this i don't know what it was gambling hall whatever you want to call it pleasure but nowhere in between and i, I think that in between yeah. part is where the story it, it felt lacking for me so i could feel 
that he was as big a boss as he was supposed to be. Okay, yeah, and I didn't know, but I didn't know that Big Fortuna had taken over to it either. So, well, yeah, so that, that that was why it felt flat to me there. That I, I appreciate you guys filling me in on that. So that makes a bit more sense that it wasn't complete fucking chaos there, which it could have quite easily been with a should we say a, uh, that would have been a, a hole in the community, right? There would have been factions and criminals fighting each yeah. other so that makes a bit more sense but it was it was scenes like that Jones. it was that just felt well i don't i don't i'm not buying this at the moment i'm not yeah. buying that and also and i, and I hate to say it, I, I didn't i'm not buying unfortunately boba fett himself being the the the, the badass at the moment he yeah, the flashbacks were okay the the fight scenes him being a tough i get that he's a tough motherfucker but I'm not buying that he's this super powerful ninjutsu fighting warrior at the moment. I'm not it's getting that not. at all. His, I can't remember his sidekick's name. Um, Ming-Na, uh, um, Assassin. Yeah, because yeah, I remember her from Mandalorian Fennec, and all that. Fennec, Fennec yeah. Shand. Fennec Rand? Fennec Shand. Something like that. Well, I, I buy her. I buy her as an incredibly adept, athletic, and hard as fucking nail. Because you saw it. Fighter. Yeah, yeah. With him, it looks cumbersome. It looks slow. It, I'm not buying it, unfortunately, and that's you know for various reasons, I'm sure. But so anyway, ebbs and flows, ups and downs. Some of those things that we've covered, but we're going to get into more detail. I, I mean, I'm guessing. So I'll I'll jump in. I've jumped in twice, and I'll kick it to Nick right after this, but here's why I agree with you with that. I've never been one of those people that's been enamored with Boba Fett. And now we're yeah. kind of seeing why there's nothing much to him such that he even deserves his own show. Um, yeah. As you described it, like we saw Finnick Ren, Finnick Ren, I think that's her name. She's climbing buildings. She's jumping over shit. She's Hardcore. fighting two guys at once. <laughs> like, she's on top of it and even in the mandalorian we saw her sharp shooter skills yeah so we see all of these things that build her up as a more and even beyond that we've seen her in um not rebels what's the the bad batch she was in the bad yeah. batch and so we've That's just got know, yeah. a build up for her that i think is only in the minds of some people and that's where i, I agree with you on some of that disappointment um yeah Nick, what'd you think? I had such low expectations. None of the trailers for this grabbed me at all. Um, yeah. I only watched it because I figured we'd talk about it today. In fact, I, I knew it was out, but I finally watched it when I saw Danny's tweet about having like, yay, Star Wars, like a very sarcastic like <laughs> sounding tweet. So I liked it better than I thought. I have no interest in future episodes because this episode gave me everything I wanted to see. Like, I don't <laughs> want to watch him be a, a game lord for like seven episodes. I, the, I, I thought I would hate it, but I loved that it was everything that happened to him. Like, the quickly you see the, the like, actual flashbacks of the prequel movies, and then, yeah, we jump right into what happened after he fell in the Sarlacc pit, and someone put the footage of uh, Patton Oswald in the corner yeah, as matching yeah. it, because, like, his hand pops out, and he's, like, covered in goo and stuff. And then, I you know, like, finding how he that. lost I'm his armor. If it wasn't Favreau, it was Rodriguez. They definitely thought we've got to put this in yeah. because it just matches. It made sense. How else was he going to get out? He had to fucking climb out. So it made sense, logical sense that he was going to climb, unless they. And well, if you guys remember, so we saw that episode of The Mandalorian. We were like, oh, it's got to be the dragon. They're setting up the yeah. dragon that uh, kills Sarlacc. Um, it was like, no, no, flamethrower. <laughs> no jetpack, though. I would have tried the jetpack. Right? 
Mm-hmm. Flashbacks were the best bits. I'm enjoying the yeah. flashbacks because for me, it's showing him as a tough bastard, a, 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 a clever bastard and tough. Um, and so I'm enjoying that. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that relationship grows, how he becomes proficient with the use of the um, uh, the sand people, the Tuscan Raiders, their, their mm-hmm. weapon of choice, because we saw that in the Mandalorian, right, where yeah. he's pretty adept with his staff. So I love the way that that's linking together. So at some point, they're going to train him, right? He's going to be trained in the white rays of the Tuscan Raiders. I'm enjoying that a lot. I, I'm looking forward to that next week, more, the flashbacks, than I am they'll keep doing oh they probably will because there seems to be a plot in the past they're probably doing because what was that scene the kid showed them the 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 little village being raided because it was humans doing it and they were like spray painting the tuscan raider logo on it so they're gonna deal with just like they're kind of they they actually dealt with that in episode one of the mandalorian season two but i get i think we'll be seeing more than i like kind of dealt with it in a new hope baby right yeah yeah. yeah, but oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. that was, we're now finally seeing a huge, besides the man, between the Mandalorian and this, we're learning a lot more about the uh, Tuscan Raiders, which I think is pretty cool. Like their yeah. language, yeah. the dogs are back from the Mandalorian. And you're know, like, they're, they're digging for those water things that are like just a few inches under the sand. <laughs> you don't need to fucking dig, you kick yeah. them over. <laughs> the kid <laughs> dumping it in the dog's mouth. That's like, I just want some water. Well, it'll be interesting <laughs> if they kind of rewrite the narrative of the tuscan raiders right so at this point none of the attacks that we've seen by tuscan raiders have been done by tuscan raiders it's always humans pretending to be tuscan raiders which i think is a very interesting racing they were just shooting them for some reason that's not like so here's my and the attack on on luke so here's my take on both of those oh on luke are you talking about what i think is happening is there's a territorial thing there I think yeah. that there is a space that you stay out of. And as long as you aren't there, you are fine. And so the idea of them going out to these villages and killing Brew and Uncle Owen or going mm-hmm. out to this dude's house, like that's not what they do. They attack people who encroach on their territory, which is different to me. And so very it's, much yeah. cowboys and Indians in quotes. Yes. And so it's like it's interesting. Savages and the very specific, um, like, what is their code? And so I, yeah. I like how it's being developed over these, these yeah. years. Um, and so yeah. Danny, what you brought up about, you know, seeing that those flashbacks, my biggest laugh of the episode was uh, when the kid comes running in with the head yeah, and <laughs> then the Tuscan Raider gives him the water. And like, I-, I love that scene. It's like, yeah, I know that fucking kid didn't do that. He doesn't look at it. He doesn't do anything. He just like hands him the water. Like, yeah, thanks for saving his fucking knucklehead kid. Um, for me, I thought the episode was good enough and it was moments like that because it came right at the end that made me want to see more of that. The present day storyline, I guess. Um, but I am more interested in seeing that, uh, develop and seeing what happens there, but we'll see. I'm most, and, hmm, oh, go ahead. I was going to say the, the last thing I'm interested in seeing is how this leads into the Mandalorian season three, which we're getting next year. Yeah, I uh, my most cynical point is just it's more of a jokey insult than an actual insult. I tweeted it where it's like, what? Like, why are you even bothered doing parkour in movies after Casino Royale? It's it's that was the best parkour scene I've still ever seen in my life. And there's character in that scene too. They established the difference between him and the terrorist. Where the terrorist like jumps over a wall, and Daniel Craig runs right through it. Yeah. <laughs> and this because it was pretty cool parkour in this. 
But I was like, eh, why do people even try anymore? Because Hero Realm crushed it. Crushed the parkour game. Yeah. Because also, also the terrace was played by the creator of parkour. So that's cool. Created. I think my highlight of the of, of the show, Jonesy, just before before we move on to the to the movie, I'm guessing was the was were the few little nods and winks to the things we know, the little bit of fan service, but the the remix of the song that we're all familiar yeah. with, Cantina theme you know, song. The first thing I was listening to was that oh, they, they are they're playing that song and they've just played it in the a, blue in guys a there. Kind of way. Yeah, I just love that. I, I thought that was great. A meme where it was the blue guy and then they put the return of the king like title card under it well, it's actually the different band because the band that yeah. played it that that's Cy Snootles that's the band from Jabba's Palace yeah. but the original band was I forget the name of it now though from the original um, well that was a different town too I forgot yeah. the name of this town but this isn't Moss Eisley this is I think it's the biggest to be the yeah, same but it was that it was that, yeah, yeah, I think it same. is too. I, I but... was always thinking it was the same band, but it was yeah. the, the original band had all the same looking band members, right? They were mm. all of the same species. Looks anyway, like they joined like forces that. with Jabba's band. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I like anyway, that. Anyway, that was it. Okay. So we'll see what happens. Jammer, have any of our rantings uh, enticed you to watch The Mandalorian? I mean, I'm going to watch it anyway. Or not The Mandalorian, Boba Fett, geez. I know you meant, but he, yeah. Mandalorian um, 2.5. Don't give me I mean, any it slack. Didn't, it didn't. It didn't persuade me or dissuade me, either way. Okay. All right. Good. Good. Um, I was gonna watch it because you know it's Star Wars and it's not animated. Therefore, I'll probably watch it. <laughs> so to be clear, nothing against animation. I just don't like what what Star yeah, Wars animation. I is agree now. with you. Oh, I know you. I know you know. Stuff. I'm just talking about people who are listening, and it's the first introduction. Like, oh fuck, this guy he hates animation. Well, if anyone's ever animation. listened to the show they know that you're the most well, I'm pro saying, animation. I'm saying if they haven't, if they haven't, I'm covering my my, my ass on that. Because when you said that, even I bulked at first. I'm like, oh, he means Star Wars animation. Yeah. I don't like any of their animated shows I've tried. I hate them all. Except no, for Visions, I just right? don't like them all. Uh, yeah, Visions, but that was also hit or miss. Okay. I still need to watch that. So what... You I'm won't like it. Like it. So I should not even watch it. You're, you shouldn't watch it. You're Star not going to like it. You told me not to he watch Encanto too, so I'm like, oh, you'll like, like he won't like decisions. it. No, he won't. I he guarantee won't. he won't like. I think he I will think like. He will. I think he will like parts of it. You know what? Let's do the Nick Doll, Nick Doll challenge. Watch the yeah. first episode. And let's see. It's like ten minutes long. Yeah, it's super short. But they yeah. vary too, right? It's like I like some of the Animatrix. I didn't like all of the Animatrix. They vary in length. Some of them you will like. Some of them you will not. Yeah, that's so why I figure I'll watch them all, and I'll like maybe one or two or three. Now I'm getting more skeptical based on what Jammer said. So, I mean, I just don't think I got nothing. I'm done. Okay. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. The King's Man came out this past week. Uh, it has a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb. It's got a 42% on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics and a 78% from the audience. Uh, I think that's a fascinating split. Yeah, me too. Fuck. Yeah. So the synopsis we've got for this one man must race against time to stop. That's already inaccurate. One man must race against time to stop history's <laughs> worst tyrants and criminal masterminds as they get together to plot a war that could wipe out millions of people and destroy humanity. That could be any fucking movie. What a terrible Bond plot synopsis. right there. That's the plot to every Bond movie. <laughs> well, and it's funny because watching this, I was thinking like, it's really weird to watch Ray Fiennes go from helping Bond to being Bond. Yeah, like within the same oh, yeah. year. That's funny. 
a it little bit funny. antagonistic towards Bond, even. Ha ha ha! Very funny. I was laughing at me, not you, Nick. Sorry. Um, I didn't make a joke. <laughs> I know. I just didn't want you to think that what I was. Which never mind. Danny, as our yes. as our resident British guy, this is the, this is this is your time to shine. That's why we got you. <laughs> uh, what oh, did we... you think? Huh? Go on, go on. Finish <laughs> <What> is... your preamble. <laughs> Finish you your think... setup. Listen, every every British spy thriller, we're like, oh, thank God, Danny's here. Um, <laughs> what did you think of this? Your non-spoiler Twitter review of The King's Man. Well, I'm going to have to have a few more characters than Twitter, but I've been thinking about this, and I've likened this film to that first night when you sleep with a new sexual partner. <clears throat> okay. Because go on. Because the. Well, that first time when you sleep with her or him or them or they or it or whatever the pronoun is, um, the foreplay was fantastic. The climax, fantastic. But because it's the first night, you want to do it again, except that the second climax is not quite as good, but it's still good. And that's how I felt about this film. The main character. Wait, did you watch it twice? Actor, what? Did yeah, you watch it no, twice? the main character, the main bad guy, was oh, up to be the mad monk. It. And we had this wonderful climactic scene, should we say. And then we had a little bit of a downturn as we refuel, we refresh, we rehydrate. But Refract, we want to go again because it's that first night. And then we have another big climactic ending, but it's not quite as good as the one that we had the first time. That's how I see this film. But in short, I fucking really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was less comical than the first two, but I was okay with that. It had a bit more of a serious note, and I really enjoyed those serious tones and pushes that it had. Even a couple of teary moments, too. So overall, I think this was a great film. Great film. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, For what it was, in its, in its genre, if that's sure. the right word to use on this one. Sure. Um, yeah. Jammer. Let's hear it. So you know me, this is, I am, is what is my biggest analogy? fear? What is my biggest fear going into every movie? Uh, that it will be animated. No. <laughs> they, I feel like I've said this a lot. What is my biggest fear going to any movie? COVID? No. It's my biggest fear is that I'm going to be bored. Oh. Um, that is my biggest fear. And I'm already tired because it's, you know, six o'clock and I'm just tired all the time. And I go to bed early. And we did an interview with uh, one of the camera operators. What was it? Two years ago at this point? It's been a while. Christopher, Christopher Cowan Clark, who's a great guy. He also did the UALA YouTube series. You should definitely check those out. And he told us something interesting that I don't think is accurate after watching the movie. Mm. But he talked about how this was like Kingsman going for more of an Oscar type feel which is why I got a little worried. That's what he said. I, that's what he said. I agree. I don't know. Actually, true. isn't that I what he said? Do, I actually do agree. You agree with him. I, so I not necessarily in terms of execution, but in well, terms of who they brought into the movie and the scale. Um, I do agree from that perspective. And from, okay. if I put myself in his mind, I can see why he would say that. Like, and we, the action, the action is more grounded and less pulpy, yes. but it's still, it's still, it's still genre. Here's, it's still like James Bond status. It's not so, Oscar status. I mean, here's part of what I think. When you get Ray Fiennes, one of the things that I think are the constant gardener or um, Quiz uh, Show, the English patient, right? Like Oscar caliber. So just from your leading man, 
you're kind of, and he's not known for, he's not Liam Neeson. Well, I was going to say he's not Liam Neeson where he's just like doing action movies out his ass. And so I think if you just look at from a casting perspective and the scale of the movie, you could be convinced of that. Okay. Well, regardless, because of this statement and because of the trailers, well, I've been excited. I've been worried like, oh God, is this going to be all serious and boring? I was worried it would be serious and boring. And I think it was not serious and boring. You said it was not? Correct. It was not serious and boring. Um, It has a serious... Here's the thing. It's not yeah to the thing. It's not serious. It 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 is emotional and it it has stakes where it needs to be and it's serious where it needs to be. But overall, I would say it is not a serious movie. It still has that tongue in cheek, tongue in cheek Kingsman vibe. But it's it's kind of dialed back a smidge, so it's a little more grounded, a little less cartoony, but it still has that flavor there. No weird sexual jokes. Right, and the weird sexual jokes that was just like it's it's still there in some capacity so my biggest fear going back to what i said was being bored i was not bored i was very entertained throughout the entire movie um i had lots of fun watching it i went through sort of a whirlwind of emotions on various ways there's there's a certain part of the movie that had a huge what the fuck for me and i feel like a weirdo because i was in the theater there was probably like five other people in the theater i was the only one reacting to things i was probably that weird guy going oh Oh, at certain points, and no one else was doing anything. I'm like, are you guys watching this movie, or am I, I just watching it by person. myself? <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was great. Like a lot of emotions, and I have to sort of put an asterisk there. In like the past two months, I've had three family members pass away, and there are literally just certain things that happen in the movie where I just like start tearing up. And yep. when I got home. I basically was a fucking mess. I think it had more to do with my personal life, but they were like certain things that were happening that were triggered by this movie. So whatever my review of this movie is, it's definitely skewed by that. And um, so great movie. It has had really great stakes. had a lot of twists and turns I didn't expect. It was not boring. It was a lot of fun. Um, So yeah, I thought I really liked it. I thought it was a really fun time at the movies. I'm really happy I saw it and I can't wait to watch it again. I think I will. It's not as off. good. It's not as good as the first one, but it's definitely way better than the second one. That's good to hear. I think I'm going to jump off because you guys have kind of what I've been listening to. I don't want to hear the spoilers because yeah, it sounds you thought really good. You, you probably that's the thing is you thought it was going to suck, and I kind of no, was I just didn't. It was suck I wasn't too. that excited for it until you said it's better than the second one because I haven't liked the second one. Oh yeah, yeah it's, it's better. Than the second one, yeah. But, yeah. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to hop off then, guys, so you can go into full spoilers because I really want to see okay. it now. So. uh but to be clear, listeners, we're not spoiling it yet. We'll let you know we're no. going to spoil it. Yeah, I'm going to do my yeah. reaction and then we'll jump into spoilers. Okay. And then we'll spoil it. But anyways, have a good one, Nick. Bye, guys. Happy New Bye. Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, so I am in agreement with what you guys said. I I did not look at what the Rotten Tomatoes score was, but someone did tell me when I told them that I was going to go see it. They're like, oh, that hasn't been reviewed very well. Um, and then after the fact, I saw. And I am incredibly shocked by that 40 something percent me too because uh, i actually didn't see it until yep. after i left the theater i was like that was good i'm excited what was it 42 huh okay what the fuck yeah 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 i mean it's i've i've already come to terms that i don't agree with most people about anything so it's not a huge shock to me i well i i agree and i disagree it's like from the just from the critics perspective i 
don't know what people were expecting from a Kingsman movie because in watching this, there was nothing ob- to me objectively bad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from that perspective, I was aware. But anyway, my reaction was I, I really enjoyed it. And like Jammer, I feel as a parent, there were things that got to me that probably shouldn't have in this kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And just like the reaction that uh, Ray Fiennes was having to Harris Dickinson, his son, and the conversations they were having and the, some of the back and forth and even being in the military and having those conversations about what it means to fight and die for your country. And like all of that stuff just resonated with me. And to your point, Jammer, about it, um, about it being serious when it needed to be, those were all very serious moments. And, and it's so fascinating to contrast that with some of the stuff that was happening with Rasputin, because it's like, <laughs> you go from like, just like this family drama to like, what is essentially a comic book. And it's just, I, I don't understand how those things could exist in the same movie. Um, I was well for me. And it, and it worked. Yeah. Like, I, oh, okay. Well, well. Let me put it another way. I'm surprised they existed in the same movie and actually worked because that, yeah. Um, I was a little disappointed by some of the stuff they did with Jaiman Hansu. Um, you know, when, when there's one black dude in a movie, I tend to notice like certain things. I'm like, mm, I don't know if that sits well with me, but whatever. Other than that, I really enjoyed it. Um, I will probably watch this again. I will definitely watch it before the second one again. So, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a huge fan of the Kingsman franchise. Like, I love, 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 love the first one. It might be one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and the second one was disappointing, but, like, I'm still kind of, you know, attracted to that, that love of the first one. But this one, I think, definitely not on par with the first one, but still has a lot of those elements that I think are good. It has a, a much stronger emotional through line than the second yeah. one. And it, it's, it has a bit more restraint that I think helps a lot. I, I got the feeling, sorry, John. Go so I was going to say, I think, so you guys want to jump in the spoilers so you can talk freely? I'll hear Danny's thoughts, his comment first. Before yeah, I, I was just, I, I got the feeling watching this. No, his thought was enjoy it. right now. Yeah. I, I got the feeling watching this that, that, um, that the, the, there was a lot more maturity about the making of the film that some of the criticism about the second film was taken on board. And then there was current events and a look at the world and what's happened in it. And all these things seem to just temper the focus of the film, which is why the, there was a less tongue in cheek slapstick, you know, cock and fart jokes in this one. And it was the serious bits were done really well, but it kept the elements of the Kingsman that we like the little slight slow motion, the quirky camera angles, occasionally the, the, the comic book character, even in Rasputin, was still toned down enough for him to be taken as a, a as a mad evil guy rather than just a comic book crazy nonsense guy. So I think all of the the elements just seem to be a bit more um, more grown up, a bit more mature version of the Kingsman, but still kept the fun stuff that we love. That's how I felt about it. I just felt like a more serious and i hate to use that word version of the kingsman but had all the fun stuff that we all seem to enjoy from the first film and none of the stupidness from the second film okay and i'll uh, say a couple of things i agree yeah, I, 
the action sorry sorry jammer just one last thing i love how he directs the action i want every fucking movie that has some sort of sword fight gunfight action piece in it to learn how to frame the action to choreograph the action and how to to put the action in the camera so you know what the fuck is going on i love watching the action in these films because i know what's going on they look like they're actually clashing swords they look like they're actually punching and kicking each other and it's not the quick edit nonsense that everyone seems to want to do at the moment. And it, well, so that, from my perspective, means that I really enjoyed the action set pieces. As I don't know how true this is. Um, generally, my understanding of the reason why you get those quick edits is because to do those longer shots, it takes more time. It takes more training. Um, and so the ability of the actors and whoever the stunt people are going to be to actually film those things semi-continuously is what yeah. impacts that and so those quick edits are what are used to hide some of that lack of time for training or lack of and that may be like right but I, I would argue then don't get those actors or get more time or spend more money or or, or, or whatever it takes to make it look better you, you're probably right but i just don't like that quick edit stuff because i don't i don't feel like i'm in i'm enjoying watching it it's like okay there's a fight scene yeah uh, it's it's chaotic to me but you look at what we were just talking about earlier the director of the the john wick films that you know take your fucking time train your actors and then you have a wonderful looking action set piece so so anyway sorry jam i interrupted you buddy when you were about to say something what i really liked about this movie is it, it deals with a lot of serious things and it deals a lot with like war and sort of the worst parts of humanity and yet somehow managed to have a very sort of optimistic feel to it. And it felt like just the people that we were following were just inherently good. And, you know, obviously I, I'm pretty, I feel like I'm pretty <laughs> pessimistic about people <laughs> these days, given everything that's going on, but I still manage to really love it when we can tell stories that really highlight those good attributes about people and the best part of them, even among the worst part of us. And I think this movie really did that well. Yeah, that's a good takeaway. Gazerit, so just to be clear, everyone here recommends it, right? Yes. So. All right, let's do a little bit of spoilers. Um, I think for me, some of the things that worked incredibly well was like the buildup to um, the son's death. So when Conrad died, you felt it. And one of the criticisms I okay. saw was like, they did not think that those two worked well together. I thought they worked very well together. Oh, the and, father and son, you mean? Yeah. The two actors? Yes. So yes. Duke of Oxford and his son, Conrad. Um, I thought that they played well off of each other. And I really understood Conrad as a young man who wanted to prove himself, who hated the idea of being thought of as being posh and not willing to fight and bleed and die for his country. And the way they even brought that back, right? The idea of, you know, telling soldiers that it is right and good to die for your country. Or I think they said sweet um, to die for your country and bringing that back and saying like, no, 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 that's horseshit, right? Like that's not the way that this is supposed to be. Um, I thought it was all really good. And what I like that this movie did again with that moment was his death wasn't in saving that guy's life. It was completely unnecessary and senseless as many deaths in war are. And yeah. so for yeah. me, that just resonated so hard. And what hurt watching it was they told him the same bullshit about, 
you know, your, your son was killed in action. Didn't tell him what actually happened because he just yeah. would have flown into a rage. And that, that felt so real and so true. And again, to contrast that with what's going on with Rasputin and Hitler being brought into this and like all the ridiculous elements of this to be able to ground all of that stuff um, in this kind of movie, like is just, I thought it was very well done. I think, yeah, yeah what that, I, that's why I'm surprised by that critic score because that was, like you just said, Jonesy, that was really well done. To be able to balance those things like that and not make it skew one way or the other or to downgrade the serious moments with the, the more comedic ones, to, to play that line so well, a lot of credit to the director for that, to, to, to have us feeling those emotions but still enjoying, like you just said, the... The Mad Monk. I, I think yeah. that was really impressive. So I'm struggling to understand really why it has such a low critic score. But I'm pleased the audience score is is high. So at least we know what we. It's doing. higher. It's still not as high as I think it. I would have was imagined. It 70 it something. Still. It's in the mid 70s. That's relatively high, I think. I guess I, I usually assume like 80s is Seven, what I no, expect it's audience 78. to be. 80s though. I expect 80s. It's not 80s. You said 78. I said 80s. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what are you talking about before that you're talking about oh yeah so that scene with the son was like a one-two punch because not only did that guy he carried die but then he died immediately afterwards so it was really like they managed to give us a really emotional nihilistic moment in a movie that is ultimately still optimistic and i just thought that yeah. was it was ballsy it was really ballsy like i just yeah. did not expect that i just it worked perfectly because there, there are some deaths that you get in the movie for me where there's a line. If you cross that line, it's just like, I am not going to enjoy this movie because of that death. It's just not going to have like million dollar baby or something. I'm like, I just don't like this movie anymore because of that. Um, yeah. And this one really towed the line where it's like, they made me care enough, but I also didn't care to the point where it would ruin the movie. Right. So like they, they yeah. somehow walked that line and I don't know how they did it but they did it very well. Um, and I guess that can go to the criticism almost of the main character of that, the son, who I think he and Ray Fiennes work together well, but at the same time, and I feel bad saying this, the son wasn't necessarily the most charismatic and memorable actor. No. And I don't know if that was intentional or if that's just sort of his nature, but I remember even watching, I'm thinking he's kind of bland, like he's fine, he's serviceable, but there's nothing, he's no eggsy. He's no Taron Edgerton. There's, some, there's, there's something yeah. about him. I think you're right. I don't think he is. I don't know. I don't know if this is true. I don't know that I think he is supposed to be. And at least for me, he very much fit the, the mold in which he was supposed to be. Yeah. Like, right. So maybe it was. I think it may have been intentional. He was, he yeah. was vanilla. Yeah. He was yeah. a good looking guy, but not overly handsome. Like he was He was likable. Yeah. Yeah. But like. But not like leading man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which is why I think the impact him. of his death and the way he died was it hit us how I think it was meant to hit us. It what it, it was yeah. uh, a bit a pill to swallow, but we were happy to swallow that pill now and continue watching. Like you were saying, Jam, it didn't take you out of the movie. You go, you fuckers! You killed the best thing about this movie. I can't. It was he wasn't, and I think that was intentional. So a very good I think portrayal by both the director and the actor. Had he yeah. been Aaron Taylor Johnson, I think this would have hit differently because it would have yeah. been like, oh, that's Quicksilver. Oh, that's that guy from the other. Like you 
you're so familiar with him that I think Wait, was, Aaron, have... was Aaron Taylor Johnson in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> That's a serious question. He was Lancelot. He was Lancelot. He was the guy that he's identity he stole. That was him. Here's he's the thing. Guy. Back to the he's alive. Oh my word. You yeah. know what's funny? Yeah. My biggest complaint in my biggest complaint in Godzilla was that I could never tell if the fucking white military man we we're following was the main character because he always just looks like <laughs> Soldier B or Soldier D to me. He never looks like I can never know who he is. He's wearing the red shirt in Star Trek, right? <laughs> I could never pick him out of a movie ever. So anyway, well, he was guy, in it, and he was the main reason why the main wait, character got shot in the head. Or did the, you know he was in Tenet? I still haven't seen Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so wait, who was he? He was he was the guy who took. He's he, Archie the, Reed. He, like to Danny, like what Danny said, he is wait, the reason he. You got said killed. he was Lancelot. What do you mean he was? Yeah, Lancelot? He ended up being <gasps> did you watch Lancelot. the fucking movie? Wait, he was there at the end. That was him at the end. I'm yep, done. He was on the table. I'm leaving. Goodbye. Wait, he was on the what? He was on the table with Ralph Fiennes. He was on his hand, on his left hand. I didn't fucking know that was him. I thought it was some other fucker. Oh, what's going on here? So, so wait. When, why would okay, it hit differently ex- if it was Aaron Taylor Johnson? So maybe Apparently not for fucking you. For me, was I supposed to like that guy a lot more than I did? He was only in a few scenes, right? No, he was You weren't meant to. It was meant to be. A, I think it's setting up, jumping ahead a little bit. I think it's setting up the next film. Yes. With him oh. as the main good guy, maybe. Okay. That's what I think. So he's the guy who he replaces um, yeah. when. They're like, oh, you've been assigned to London. He goes outside and he switches with someone. That is Aaron Taylor Johnson, who is also Quicksilver from. I know Age who Ultron. Aaron Taylor Johnson. I don't but... fucking know. Like, hey, listen. <laughs> That's who he is. He just couldn't spot him in a lineup. Like, if I said Soldier <laughs> no, like, B, where's Waldo? If I said where's Soldier where's B, maybe you know who I was talking about. Anyway, where's Aaron? Yeah. So, for me, as someone who's familiar with that actor, I think that I would have felt differently. <laughs> Had he been the one that got shot in the <laughs> head, um, but I think to I think Danny's right that this is they're installing people who will be in this franchise. If this movie makes money, there will there will be two concurrent Kingsman franchises. Yeah, well, there's all they're going to finish the next one with the next movie. Like it's going to be that's the trilogy. It's done as far as we know. Sure, I mean, but they could always make more. I'm saying that that's you could true. have that third movie and then you've also got this prequel yeah. series going on yeah i did like also the really twist on franz ferdinand's death mm-hmm. where they like changed history but then didn't they like changed history but then corrected it i thought yeah. that was briefly cool. yeah well they did that two ways right so with him they also did it with the czar that's not how he what died way? it was rasputin um, oh, okay and his folks that got that done and got him killed not like i don't remember I don't, I'm, I'm, photographer. I'm pretty uh, rusty on my russian history though even though i really liked it so i don't recall specifically how they died it's all bleak um, but i do remember that's the funny thing about rasputin though is that he basically is a comic book character in real life and just i'm not sure if you do you guys you guys know all about rasputin right and how like they tried to assassinate him three times including like poisoning him and shooting him and doing this like it took like four times before he actually got killed and I just like had those reflected in the movie too and also really yep. matched the really weird over-the-top off-kilter style of the of the franchise yeah 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 um 
some other highlights from this. Hmm. Yeah, sorry, which is why I felt that 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 whole scene where they went and finally made a decision to go and assassinate Rasputin, I felt like that could have been the climax to the film. That that whole that sequence, that fight, and everything could well have been the 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 ending of the film because the main bad guy, which I might I must say. I saw coming a mile off. That was fucking. I that did was not. The only weakness in the film, it was fucking obvious that it was him. When they shut the no, doors yeah. and he's standing there, like he's almost like trying to listen in as they shut the doors and that conversation right. with the kid. It's like, come on, that's obviously the it's main funny bag. For me, I spent the whole movie thinking, is that is that Aaron Taylor Johnson? Name? No, he thinks no. it's the guy from James Bond. Mm-hmm. No, uh, <laughs> it was David Tennant. <laughs> No, it's not him either. No, <laughs> I thought that was weird. him. Well, when he was talking, no, 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 no. I thought when he was talking, I was like, "Is that a, is that freaking Scrooge McDuck talking? Is that is that who's talking this entire time with the with a Scottish accent?" So I was and when he was revealed it wasn't him. I was like, "Oh, okay, no. Who the fuck is this guy?" And then I remembered who it was because they showed it, and then I was like, "Okay." Yeah. But I, I, I like that fact. Like, I like the fact we had two. Uh, we had two really good. Uh, should we say, or when you're really good, we had two bad guys, two main bad guys, and they were both given a nice uh, a climactic moment, uh, so to speak. But that fight scene with Rasputin, again, the action, Fantastic. the set piece, choreography, video, and that was brilliant. The spinning Dana kicks, the, was wasted. the music with the Russian dancing, the music, yes, oh yeah. man. It was so fucking good, so very clever. And, and, and should we say believable too, you know, if yeah. you were facing someone that was spinning like that, you wouldn't be able to, well, how the fuck am I meant to get him? And then he'd throw a kick every now and then. You think, yeah, I get that. It was crazy, but there was method to his madness, this mad monk. So I really enjoyed all that. That, that fight choreography was brilliant. I, I, that was great. I remember, so it's when watching that scene, when they burst into the room and the music keyed up, I was like, what the fuck is happening now? And then mm-hmm. like, it just, it's, I was just sucked in almost immediately because you saw what they were doing and it just worked on multiple levels. Um, that was a great fight scene. Um, you know who it's weird. Matthew Good sounded like uh, Robert Carlyle. I thought that was really weird um, how yeah. much he sounded like him, but no, I'm with Danny. I thought that that was pretty obvious that that was him the whole time. Yeah. I mean, I knew it the whole time guys. I definitely didn't think it was somebody else. But it didn't take us out of the movie, right? It didn't mm-hmm. ruin what was coming. It didn't fuck up the film for us. Oh, well, that's obviously the bad guy, but how is this going to play out? Uh, I was still fully invested in finding out how it was going to end. I think the what only happened? moment that made it weird was because they made a big show of him like, oh, I don't feel good. And he gets out, he gets on the boat. Like that was a huge ass storm. And so for him yeah. to row to that submarine and also be the person that fired the missile that blew up the boat um that part seemed ridiculous i was like all right fine whatever i'll just accept this and move on um but i think that would probably be the only fault in the film but i liked how realistic it was in talking about like yeah the president has been blackmailed because he was (laughs) screwing somebody and so he's not going to essentially like stop a major world power from dissolving because he's afraid of somebody finding out he fucks someone like uh, yeah. yeah that sounds true yeah, and <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was really rewarding also seeing like the people from the meeting and just sort of being scattered around the role and as you kind of understood how like they the puzzle the piece they played in the larger puzzle was really rewarding yeah. i thought that was really fun to watch yeah it was fun what was, I, one of the big 
fun things for me that was almost minor was the same actor playing the the the, the king, the czar, and the yeah. and the uh, uh, the. Oh, was uh, that the same actor? The German, the, the three You're guys. Doing that. You're doing that on purpose. I didn't know yeah. it was the same actor. I'm leaving again. <laughs> I'm leaving. I can't with you. No, but actually, I liked it too because uh, I thought it was really funny what they did with this. Not that part, but I mean, just this, the historical aspect of it. Yeah. It felt like I was, I feel like this is a movie they should show in like history classes on those days where the teacher is gone <laughs> because it kind of just simplifies like big moments in history. Like when they actually showed the kids growing up, like as cousins. And then growing up and then showed them like, you know, poking each other as like they're in their geographic locations on the map. I just thought yeah. that was really effective his like way to tell history. I don't know if it's true, but I think it is really effective in just how it was done. Yeah. I mean, I, I think from a historical perspective, it is true. You have people who have these personal relationships and based on those relationships, everyone else has to fight and die based off of what are essentially slights. And we could yeah. get over this, but for the fact that you at the top are a prick. Yeah. Sounds very familiar, right? I was going to say um, the same thing. It sounds familiar. <laughs> sounds believable. <laughs> um, and so I think from that perspective, yes, Jammer, you're absolutely right. That is an, an effective way to show history. Like these people at the top, they're really just they're kind of assholes. And if they're willing to fight yeah. and send people to die off of just nothing and, and things that aren't a big deal. So, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but yes, Tom Hollander was all of those people. I don't understand how you did. Tom Holland's in this movie? I'm kidding. Hol- <laughs> I'm, I, I kidding. Spider-Man. Listen, listen. <laughs> that would have been the third thing. And that also would have been believable. But like, I, I guess. Uh, uh, did you know that Daniel Brühl was in this movie? Yes. And he was wasted. Okay. Whew, man. Um, I well, think it's kind of fascinating. coming back for the next one. Sorry, Jonathan. Yeah, no. It's, so that's what I was going to say. I am shocked. If, if there's a next one. That I, don't think they... I, I don't think this movie is going to make enough money. Mm-mm. Oh. There were five people in my theater. No, four. Four Same. people. Same here. But once they listen to this episode of the podcast, that will be another 10, 20, 30 million on the, uh, on the table. Oh, I thought you were saying 10 or 20, 30 dollars. I would say, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> we've got so, more yeah. listeners than that i think jammer Maybe. we do but you know we're not going to hit with all of them it's true it's true these people are like this, yeah, this one of these you... guys loves the last jedi and the other ones you know like other don't. movies that i don't like <laughs> yeah but yeah i really enjoyed this film i think uh if you are a fan of the first kingsman you should definitely see them even though again this is a very different movie um and i think it's far more serious me personally, I think I like it better than the first one. Um, yeah, I would put this one over the first one then. Because for me, Ray Fiennes was just very good in this. And I really, really enjoy the relationship between him and his son. Um, yeah. Yeah. That really this- helped me enjoy this movie probably more than I would a standard action film. And I get that they yeah. kind of were going for the same thing as the first Kingsman, where... Eggsy and um, oh, who? What Harry. was his character's name? Yeah, Harry. Harry. Thank you. Um, they were going for that same father-son dynamic, kind of. It just yeah. it did not hit the same way that this did. So, yeah, yeah, and it and it did, and, and I think the uh, that that scene when um, when he was told that his son would died, I think the fact that they got on so well made that scene even more powerful because you truly felt that they were connected, and he was he was. 
he was generally distraught. And that's one of those moments where I think the cameraman guy, I forget his name, I apologise, that you guys interviewed, if he was there that day and was seeing shots like that and filming scenes like that, even when uh, Gemma Arterton was in there as well and came in, and I think that, you could look at that, if you look at that scene, if you look at how they all portrayed in those certain scenes, you would think, yeah, someone should be getting a nod for their acting ability at this moment, because that was really fucking good. Yeah. Then there was the other stuff yeah. that maybe isn't Oscar worthy, but that's certainly the portrayal in the more serious moments means that if you're not sure about watching this because you didn't like The Kingsman, you should watch this film anyway because it's a it's a different type of film. So yeah. which is why, Jonesy, I think maybe you'll put in this one above the first one because I think they're different, right? Even though they're in the same They're like cooked using, using the same broth, but yeah. different yes. ingredients. And there you go. I really, so this is not a knock on the first one. I really enjoyed the first one. I just I like this one a little bit more. Didn't like the second one at all. Yeah, the second one was very, very disappointing. Bantha Poodoo. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new rating system. Bantha Poodoo. Bantha Poodoo. We rate everything on the Star Wars scale. That's right. Everything from, uh, what is it? I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll workshop this. We'll figure something out. Jammer, <laughs> final thoughts on the film? I've already given mine. I, think I really liked it. Days. For me, not as memorable as fun as the first one, but if it, it's great in its own way. I highly recommend it. If you do like the first one, this is definitely a worthy, a worthier follow-up than the second movie was. So highly recommended for those of you who like that and like action, fun action movies. All right. You guys got anything else? Anything you would like to impart to the dear listener this, uh, this holiday season before we sign off for the last time this year? Yeah, one last thing. We produced a James Bond uh, video documentary. You should go check it out. It will be in the write-up and in the show notes, we'll have a link to that YouTube video. And there's also going to be like a little teaser at the end of this that Jonesy or Nick, whoever's editing, this is going to throw into it. And uh, yeah, it'll be, it's good. It's about the long and arduous war for like the rights of James Bond and how it affected the franchise and and everything beyond that and even impacted things like Spider-Man and the MCU and all that stuff in the long term. It's really interesting. Okay. Looking forward to it. I've already seen it. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I think you will too. Other than that, dear listener, if you like what you heard, do all the socials. Like, rate, comment, subscribe, share. We would definitely appreciate it. Also, LRM Online has other great content for your listening pleasure. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Spotify, be sure to jump on there and let us know what you think of the show. Also, we have a Discord. Jump on the Discord. Let us know what you think about Book of Boba Fett or Kingsman. Folks, as always, thanks for listening, and we will catch you on the next one in 2022. Hasta lasagna. Don't get any on you. Mission. And a happy new year. <laughs> Was that using the, the melody of 12 Days of Christmas? Yeah. No. Would you like it to? Would you like no, it I mean, you, you basically just did it. It's fine. Well, well, and a happy new year.
McClory, Kevin McClory. Don't recognize the name? Few people do. Yet he had one of the biggest impacts on the biggest spy franchise in history. Before Marvel, before Star Wars, there was James Bond, the original movie franchise. This is the story of a man obsessed with everyone's favorite spy, a man who wanted him for his own and was punished for his ambition to become the man who would be Bond. Welcome to our new series, where each episode, we bring you along as we learn the craft and uncover the truths behind the mysteries of Hollywood. This is Hollywood Uncovered. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 